In their own words, a collection of Mormon quotations has been a handy resource that details what Mormon leaders and manuals have taught regarding the doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Compiled by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever, In Their Own Words has thousands of topical entries, and as a bonus, each copy includes a searchable CD version of the book. Order In Their Own Words directly from Mormonism Research Ministry at mrm.org. Once again, that's mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we've been looking over some of the newer comments regarding a video dealing with the story of the gold plates. You can find this on God Loves Mormons, but it's also found on YouTube. The title of the video is The Gold Plates is Joseph Smith's Story Possible. Now, we've done a show like this in the past, but there have been a number of new comments that have been added, and so we're trying to respond to some of the newer comments. And as I said in an earlier show, Eric, I'm not really reading anything new that I've never heard before. A lot of it is the same old stuff, just worded a little differently. But there was one comment under Newt 7 that we addressed yesterday. He made this statement towards the end of his paragraph that I failed to acknowledge, but he said regarding the plates, he says, but again, most likely not 100% pure gold, but alloy, but not 100 to 200 pounds like people that don't know might say. Now, of course, he's insisting that the plates were not pure gold. He's trying to make the plates lighter by saying it had to be an alloy. Of course, I even mentioned in the video that the alloy of choice is Tumbaga, which is a Central American alloy. But you have to read that into the story, because the angel Moroni didn't say that the plates were written on an alloy. They were written on gold plates. But then he says, an actual example of other golden plates from the Middle East were found from similar size and weight. I've done a lot of research in this, and I don't recall seeing any example found anywhere, Middle East or wherever, that resembles the gold plates. I don't see anything like that. I've seen plates that had some engravings on them, some writings on them, but nothing like the gold plates that we are discussing here. That's what I think is important. I'm trying to stick to the story as it's related from eyewitness testimonies, I'm assuming, and from manuals that are supported by the leadership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So if you're a listener out there and you think that there's other examples that look similar to the gold plates that Joseph Smith had, I'm willing to look at that evidence. Please send it to me. And I like what he says at the end. Also, forces of dark can influence men to attack, but thieves can't always outsmart someone on a mission from God. Bill, is he saying that you are this force of dark and and trying to attack? Well, when you read that yesterday, I wondered if that's what he was referring to. On further reflection, I think Newt 7 is probably referencing the people that were hiding 
wanting to take the plates away from Joseph Smith as he carried them to his home. I think that may be the reference of the force of dark or force of darkness. These men were trying to attack him, but in his opinion, because he believes Joseph Smith, he was on a mission from God, was able to outsmart these potential thieves. Brian Moeller wrote this, Bill McKeever has always been a critic of the church and doesn't show even a part of the facts and leaves out the details to a to give a full and accurate picture of the plates. Is he going to also say the 11 witnesses who physically handled the plates were all liars, along with the 20 others that had physical evidence of the plates? Bear in mind, this is a one-sided view of the plates in the Book of Mormon, and no one was invited from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to correct him or correct him on the facts. Also, there is more plates and engravings found all the time in the Americas. There is infinite amount of physical evidence and witnesses, but the spiritual evidences of the Book of Mormon is through reading it and praying to God to validate its truth. I know of the physical evidence, have read the Book of Mormon, and have prayed about it and the Lord. You would think if there was really this infinite amount of evidence, and let me just state regarding that phrase, hyperbole does not help when we are trying to discuss this subject. There is not an infinite amount of physical evidence. There just isn't. But when he says that I've always been a critic of the church, so what? I mean, is truth truth? Or if I'm, say, if I'm saying something that's false, then correct me. And I think he's trying to give it a, a shot here. But just because I've been a critic of the church shouldn't take away from the evidence that I'm presenting if the evidence I'm presenting is accurate. But when he says, that he doesn't show even a part of the facts and leaves out the details to give a full and accurate picture of the plates, I tried my best in the time that I had to respond to all the arguments, or at least most of the arguments that I have heard Latter-day Saints give me. Many of those arguments come from their own resources. And he says that I didn't have anyone invited from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to correct me. You give me any general authority. Tell them to come and contact me, and let's go head-to-head on this story. I would be glad to. And you might say, well, why a general authority? Because they're the only ones that have any authority to speak on this subject. A bishop doesn't. A stake president doesn't. If they were not to look very good in that head-to-head discussion, they would immediately wash their hands of them, saying, well, they just don't know the topic. Give me a general authority. Let's talk about this. I would be glad to do that. But then, notice what he does, Bill. After he gives all this factual information, what does he do? He says, well, you get the evidence of the Book of Mormon through reading it and praying to God to validate its truth. And he says, I know the physical evidence, have read the Book of Mormon, and he's prayed about it. So there we go. It comes down to this fideistic idea that I'm going to have faith even when it's contrary to the evidence. And another comment that Brian made was this. There is infinite amount of physical evidence and witnesses to the truth of the plates in the Book of Mormon. Let me stop you there. There again, he goes with the hyperbole. That's just not true. And anybody can see through this type of a statement. There is not an infinite amount of physical evidence. Detractors and critics of the church will always try to find dirt to throw in at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this video is true of that, even though they want to sound respectable and fair in their opinions. 
Funny, there is always two sides to the story, which we never hear from them. The plates were not pure gold, but had the appearance of gold and was most likely an alloy with gold. The alloy with gold that they put together was called ziff and was common for that day. Bear in mind, they keep finding more and more plates and engravings of gold through the Americas, so this is not new. Furthermore, in the front of the Book of Mormon, it gives 11 witnesses that actually saw and hefted the plates and knew from physically handling them that they were true. Also, another 20 people at least knew of their existence from physical and firsthand knowledge. They said the plates were anywhere around 50 pounds because they were alloy with another metal and not pure gold. Eric, just in the few shows that we've done this week, we've really addressed almost all of those arguments. And I do address those arguments in the video. I talk about those very things. Funny, there's, is, there is always two sides to the story, which we never hear from them. I don't know if that's a fair analysis, because what I'm doing is I'm actually raising their side of the story in order to respond to their side of the story. Throughout that entire video, I'm raising the arguments that I have personally heard and personally read from faithful members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and from manuals that the LDS Church has produced. So I don't think it's just a one-sided account that I'm giving here, although I admit this is my opinion based on my research, based on my experience and the conversations that I have heard. So I don't know if that's a totally accurate way of portraying what I'm doing. I would have been much more pleased if Brian could have actually tackled some of the arguments that I raise with some good, solid evidence in contradiction to it, instead of just assertions. For instance, in the front of the Book of Mormon, he says, it gives 11 witnesses that actually saw and hefted the plates. That alone is a contradictory statement, and even Marvin Hill, a Mormon historian, would admit that. He said there's a lot of controversy regarding this, and even Marvin Hill surmises that the witnesses saw the plates in vision, as I demonstrated in yesterday's show. So if they saw the plates in vision, that certainly doesn't seem to bolster the story that they were tangible plates. So you can't say the plates weighed a certain amount because these witnesses said so when they saw the plates in vision. You can see the contradiction there. I don't know if Mr. Miller has thought that through, but I wish he would. And when he says, bear in mind, they keep finding more and more plates and engravings of gold through the Americas. So this is not new. I think I'm going to throw the same challenge out to Mr. Muller. Mr. Muller, that I threw out to Newt Seven. I would like to see this. I Again, I have seen examples of gold sheets or gold plates with engravings on them, but nothing like the Book of Mormon, which of course was six inches by eight inches by six inches, according to the measurements that were given to us by Joseph Smith. Again, I think Mr. Muller is using hyperbole that doesn't help in this conversation. I'm sure he's very sincere in what he believes, but if he is sincerely wrong in what he believes, I would hope he would also want to know that so that he can make a course correction. 
Yesterday I mentioned you go to our website, mrm.org, type in gold plates. You're going to find articles on this topic. One more, Bill. Mark writes, I am a Latter-day Saint. I would say it is a detailed, one-sided presentation. I want you to do the same detailed presentation to Noah, the Ark, and the Flood. Let me know if it is also possible. There are things in life that only God-fearing people would understand. Is he saying that Noah's Ark is not a believable story? Is he saying publicly that he doesn't believe that story? Well, he's trying to say that if knowing the ark is believed by you, why can't you believe something like Joseph Smith carrying the plates for three miles, even though the plates may have weighed 200 pounds? Because, because that's silly. I, I, I don't know of any other way to put it. Nobody could carry those kind of plates for a distance that far. When it comes to Noah's ark, are you saying that a person and a family could not have built a boat large enough, having plenty of time and plenty of materials, that something like that could not have been done? I mean, if you can prove that, well, then maybe we have something to talk about. But it all comes down to faith, Bill, and it's whether it's blind faith or it's faith that's based on the evidence, because when he says at the end of his statement, there are things in life that only God-fearing people would understand, you can't understand, according to Mark, because you haven't prayed about it and you have not received the testimony that the Book of Mormon is true. In other words, what Mark is basically saying to me, because I've heard this many times from other Latter-day Saints, Bill, just cast all the evidence aside, forget everything you've read, forget everything that you've heard, and just get a subjective feeling about it, and everything will be fine. I don't agree with that. Now, I know many Latter-day Saints like to go in that direction. I think it's dangerous, and this is why I'm spending the time looking at some of these comments. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.